Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. Let's do this. I want to go right into the Word this morning. So if you've got a Bible, turn to Ephesians 6. Turn to Ephesians 6. I love your excitement. This is a short message today. Um, Let me talk about something... um, and so, so important today, salvation. And so we're going to be talking about that today. And um, as you turn there, I tell you, I hope and pray you've been getting the messages that have been preached in your heart. And because uh, it's, it's, it's these types of messages that you're going to have to turn to, trust in, amen? Really, you've got to pull on and hold on to. And so I hope you've been doing that. Um, all the messages on the series right, we're in right now called Dear Christian, as well as other messages, are online. I encourage you to go by uh, our website, iTunes, Google Play, anywhere great media is found. Uh, free commercial right there. Um, Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 10. You got it? Yes. Awesome. Let's do this. Verse 10. If you don't have a Bible, stop by Connect after service. We want to give you a Bible. We just believe every person needs a Bible. And uh, we'll give you a pen, highlighter, all anything you need to start studying the Word of God and digging into His truth. So, uh, but Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, uh, again, several verses as this uh, uh, talking about the armor of God, but I just feel like we need to continually right now get this Word in us. But it says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. The Lord. Mm, it's huge. And in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. She's huge. Uh, This is important that we put this on because of what we're facing and dealing with. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore... Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand. Therefore, having girded your waist with truth. We spoke about the belt of truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. We've spoke on that. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Peace that only comes through the gospel of Jesus. And verse 16, above all, taking the shield of faith which you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. All, amen, all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Man, I love this passage. Let's pray and let's just talk to the Lord real quick that he's given us something like this called the armor of God. Lord, I'm thankful, Lord, that you've given us the armor. God, I, I'm thankful, Lord, you didn't just put us out there on our own, God. You've, you've made available for us everything we need to succeed in life and win this battle we're in today, God. I thank you for it, God. I thank you for the armor of God. I thank you, Lord, today for your love, your grace, your Holy Spirit, God. Above all things today, God, I thank you for salvation, for saving me, God, for rescuing me, God. Rescue me. I was in danger. I was in trouble. I was headed to destruction, God, and you saved me. And God, I thank you for that today, God, and I give you praise for it in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Can you do this before we even get into this work? Can you just take a moment? Just thank him today. If you have received salvation, just take a moment. Just, just worship him right where you're at. I know there's no music playing and, and none of those things. But right now, just take a moment. Just thank him for salvation. Ah, man, I tell you, this should be something that we continually thank him for. Uh, if today you have yet to trust in Jesus and receive this gift called salvation. This is the day that God has for you and ordained for you to come into salvation and, and come into grace. This is the day. God, so we're thankful for it today. Thank you that's here. Amen. Amen. Wow, dear Christian, dear Christian, we're in this series right now as we're speaking and writing to the church, writing to believers. And again, I hope you have put your hope and faith in him and you're a Christian today and trusted in that. If not, this is the day. But if you're a Christian, this is the truth. Uh, you're either in a battle or you're heading towards one. And if you're not in spiritual warfare right now, you're probably not on the battlefield. Are right, we going to close and go home? That's all that need to be said. I don't know if there's anything else. Let us pray. No, I don't I mean, I just, does anything else need to be said? We're having this conversation, you know, and someone was telling me, you know, that they were speaking to someone, and they were like, man, I don't ever have any of those issues. I don't have any of those struggles. And it just immediately spoke to me, and it hit my heart. I was like, man, you're not on the battlefield. If you're out there, if you're, you're, you're making a difference in the kingdom of God, they're, they're, you're facing these things. And so he's telling us that we must put these things on. We must put it on. And so we must use these weapons that are given. And last week we spent some time man, just really looking at the shield of faith and how powerful the shield of faith is and what that looks like and how huge this is in this armor and this piece that God's given us. And we, can't, we talked about three things. I gave you uh, three. The first one is this, that faith is from God. Faith is from God. Amen? Remember that. Again, this faith, even the faith that you have, don't put the pressure on yourself to think that you have to manufacture this, that you have to come up with this and somehow find this and figure out. Romans 3 said, God dealt each man the measure of faith. So if you are walking in it today, remember always give thanks to the one who gave it to you. That's Jesus. That's the Lord. So he gave you the faith. So again, it helps us it really does, because a lot of times the enemy can mess with you and tell you you're not going to be able to do certain things for the kingdom because you don't have enough faith. It ain't up to you. It's up to him. And it's up to you to do this. Develop it. Trust in it. Start using what he's made available for you, just like this armor. So again, it's from God. Number two thing we looked at is this, that faith is for you. He did this. He gave you that faith. He made it available. It's from him, but it's for you. It's for you to walk in. It's for you to move mountains with. It's for you to, to, to come against the sicknesses and disease and, and walk in power and do the things that God has given us. That faith was available, and it's given for you. So don't ever feel bad about using faith. I, I, the enemy can even slide in there. It's amazing how he can work. He can even tell you, well, you know, this, these things there that are of faith, you know, that's not really for you. Uh, that's just for a certain prosperity preacher. That's for certain this, that preacher, whatever. Listen, the gospel's good news. So if there's some good news you believe for and, and that, that you want to, you're trusting in, that you believe again lines up with the word, don't let the enemy say that's not for you. Come on, use that faith for yourself sometime. Walk in that. Really, man, you just didn't even know you was preaching my message earlier that you was up here just saying that we always want to pray for others, to believe for others sometimes. Sometimes God wants to do something in you. 
So whatever it is today he's needing to do in you, let him do it. Have faith for that. It's for you. Don't ever feel bad about having faith. Trust in that. Believe in that. And number three is this. Faith is for others. All right? Faith is for others. That faith he gave you is not just for you. All right, so please remember it. That faith he gave you is not just for you. It's for others. And so um, it, it, this thing right here, when we begin to use this faith for others, it's beautiful what we see as we can look on the screen how this shield of faith works as an army. This is not something I'm supposed to be out there on my own trying to wrap a shield around myself and try to work. No, 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 no. Together we win. Together we succeed as an army, as a force. And, and, and as we come together and join and raise that shield of faith over one another, I, I need my faith. But you know what I also need? I need yours. I need yours. And, and you know something? You need mine. You need it. And, uh, and so we need one another. We need to cover each other and wrap each other in this faith. It's not for just us alone. Eugene Peterson said this this way, No life of faith can be lived privately. There must be overflow into the lives of others. There must be overflow into the lives of others. This faith that we have must overflow into the lives of others, not just for you alone. So we must pull on those things and grab hold of and lift high the shield of faith. Now today, I want to step into, for a few moments, the next piece of armor that God's given us. It's called the helmet of salvation. It's called the helmet of salvation. And uh, again, like faith, I've preached an entire series on uh, faith. I've te- preached, you know, messages. I probably could write some books. Might should. I don't know. Uh, I just, but just as much as there. And the same as when we look at salvation. This is, this is amazing. Everything hinges on this. Everything. Your eternity hinges on this. Salvation, being saved, coming to the saving grace. And so as we talk about this today, I was like, how do I get all that stuff from salvation into a message? And I felt like the Lord just led me to share just two things on salvation today. And so they're not just points. So if you're the note taker today, it's not really going to be very pretty instructionally for you. So just try to jump in and write down what you can. But this is just a couple of things God's put on my heart. And there is salvation. And the first one is this. First of all, we just need to know what salvation is. And you know what that looks like. And um, one of the things that I love to do is I love to go back and just read and continue to look at our beliefs as a church. If you go on to our uh, website, you can actually go on the About Us section, and you can look at our beliefs. And as a church, we have everything that we stand for and believe. And there's been times these things have grown and developed. Even our belief system, our faith has grown at different levels and I even think glory to glory, sometimes we can step into different places of revelation, but you can see right there the core of what we believe as a church. And, and one of the things that we have there on our website, you can look at, is that we believe salvation. Now, I, in, on, our, on that uh, website, there's, it's kind of laid out and, and put in kind of three sections, but it says this. I'm just going to read it to you. It just says this, that we believe in the salvation of man, his fall and redemption. This is just something that we believe, and I think it's always important to go back to what you hold true and believe. Remember I said last week to be able to defend, to be able to share the faith that you have, the hope that, you, that lies within you. This is what we believe. We believe this, uh, that man is created uh, being made in the likeness and image of God, straight from our sight, straight from our beliefs. Through Adam, transgression and fall, sin came into the world. The Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's in Romans 3. Verse 23, 
It also says this in the second passage there. It says that man's only hope of redemption is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That's the only hope of redemption is through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And he was manifested to undo the works of the devil, according to 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. And when Jesus died on the cross, he became sin and sickness for us, providing salvation and healing for all. Third thing that we state in our statement of faith, we believe that salvation comes by faith in Jesus Christ and not by human works. It's not how we're saved. We're, Ephesians 2, 10 says that we're his workmanship created for good works, but we're not saved by those. But we are created for them. And so that, again, this is not by human works. Believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and by confessing with your mouth Jesus is Lord and Savior of your life, Romans 10, Ephesians 2, and Romans 5. That is salvation. That's what we believe as a church. And, and this word salvation is, is such a powerful, huge thing. I, I'm, I'm thankful for this word. This word in the Greek is the word soterion. And, and it is a powerful word because of what this is. This is not just the get out of hell free card that some think it is. It's not just, well, I pray the prayer and then... I'm going to go to heaven one day, and i got to live in hell till I get to heaven. That's not, that's not soterion. That's not salvation. That's not what he wants. This, there's sometimes when you see certain words for salvation in Scripture where they mean just to deliver from something, but that's not this meaning here in Scripture. This is one where we see, I believe it's only used five times in Scripture, and we see this word as being literally the definition of, in the Greek, means this. It means saving bringing salvation. It is he who embodies this salvation or through God who is about to achieve, and this is what I love, it says the hope of future salvation. So you know what the salvation really is? This is, this is pig. This means this, that today, if dear Christians, you have, you've entrusted in the gospel, you've put your faith there, you got saved. You know what this also means? That you're being saved. And it also means this, and it gets even better. It means that you're not just saved and you're being saved, but you're going to be saved. It's like it just gets better. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, how do you do that, God? How do you make something so cool as keeping me and going to be able to spend an eternity with you? How can you make that better? And he's like, watch. Watch. And you know what he means? He means that right now, what you're facing, he can save you from it. Oh, man. You know, tomorrow, what you may face, he saves you from. This see, this changes us. You, you, if you grab hold of this, you don't wake up. And I know tomorrow what that means. Oh, Monday. Oh, glory. Sunday, hey, Jesus, your love is strong. Oh, your love is strong. Monday, where's your love at, God? 
No, 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 no. This changes that. Because this tells me I've been saved. Right now, I'm just being saved. And tomorrow, saved. You fight different when you know you've won. You, you, you do things differently when you know if I, I just got to, he just says stand. If I just get there, if I get up and put it on, get on the field, he's going to save me. What you, it changes it. It changes it. I, there's, there's, there's one guy, and I ain't going to mention his name, goes, you don't need to read his, listen to his interviews. He, he uses way too much foul language in them. But I kind of like this guy's mindset. He's a UFC fighter. Again, y'all pray for me. I'll watch that sport. And, uh, and, but this guy talks so much junk. It's ridiculous. He backs it up. Every time. Holds multiple belts, things that have never been done in this sport. He, he, he's carrying him in multiple weight classes. And it's his mindset where he literally, I've watched interviews and I'm going, dude, he, he says this. He said, I know I'm going to win. So I, what I do is this, I train in order to win. Because I know this is going to be the outcome. What will happen if you say this? No matter what Monday has for me, it's all good. It's, it's AG. It's all good because I know no matter what comes, it's just going to save me from that. I got this. It's all good. Everything's going to work out. He's done this for us. This soterian is this. It's this, thing, this word signifying forgiveness, healing, prosperity, deliverance, safety, rescue, liberation, and restoration. That's what the word salvation is. In this, it's wrapped up in this one word, salvation. Now look at what God did for us. He saved us from some things. And you have to understand that he has saved you from something. And uh, Romans 5, I think verse 6 to 11, it, it makes this uh, really a beautiful picture of what he saved us from. It says this, For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone will even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He knew what you'd become. He knew what you could do. He, he, he went into this thing knowing he'd win. So again, he did this. He said, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. So he went through all the struggle because he knew it was on the other side of it. And so this is what he's done for us. He's done this for each and every person who's put their hope in this. Verse 9 says, much more than having now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Huh. Saved from this wrath. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son. Much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. You know something? This is so incredibly beautiful what Jesus done. He saved us from this wrath. And so you have to understand salvation and what that means and what that encompasses, that he's done this. He saved you some from, from something. 
You have to see this. You know, there are some people who have yet to accept salvation because they don't believe in this thing called eternity. They don't believe that this thing is going to end somewhere and what this is going to look like when we leave this earth, close our eyes here, and wake up in eternity somewhere. They don't believe this. But the Scripture says this, that there's this raft that's set before us. But you know something? Jesus gave you salvation. He made it there available for you. In Romans 1, another word from OEC, another letter says that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Verse 16, it is the power of God to salvation. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Do you understand this, that he is telling us this, that this good news that Jesus gave his life for us, died in our place for our sin, that if we put our hope in that, there's salvation for us. But you got to see, you have to understand that he's saving you, he's made salvation available for you because there's an eternity that awaits us. Now, this is something that, you know, we don't get discussed a whole lot in, that, in church anymore. You don't hear messages on these things like probably maybe we should anymore. We don't look at certain scriptures and, 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 and focus on certain things, but Jesus spoke of, Jesus spoke clearly of why we must have salvation. He spoke clearly on why he got on that cross. He made it very clear. He, he would share scriptures. He would teach in parables. And these were not just things that were just symbolizing. He was showing these words, these truths to represent. A parable was representing an eternal, eternal, eternal message. Please hear this. That the parables that he used... You know, he shared the wheat and the tares. And he shared that how these wheat and tares would be separated one day. And how they would be cast into a fire. And I looked in my Bible and I started reading and studying some of those passages. And you know, there are not any of those passages in my Bible that I have highlighted. There's not any of those passages that I have underlined. I was like, what? We have to think this way. We have to understand that salvation is for us and it's available. It's because there's an eternity that awaits us. And Jonathan Edwards said this. He said, I believe the doctrines of eternity, both heaven and hell, should have an impact on my daily life. I think the doctrines of eternity, both heaven and hell, this should have an impact on my daily life. Do we do that? Do we really do that? We think that way. I, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't always think that way. I don't allow that to kind of be a part of my daily life sometimes. What would happen if I did? What would happen if you did? You know something? We get so busy. Matter of fact, we get too busy. We get way too busy. I hate when God has to use me as the illustration in the message. I love being able to use my kids. <laughs> Throw them out there, man. <clears throat> you know, they got to love me anyway. They, I can say what it didn't. They're going to move out one day, so, you know. Pretty careful what I say about my wife because I'm still, we're, we're together forever even after it's gone. We're, I don't say too much. So I try to use, every, 
tough when I'm the illustration. And you know something? God made me the illustration for my sermon this week. Because one of the things that I do often, and it's, I stop by the baptistry there, and on top of that baptistry is a basket that always sits our communion elements, and those are available for you to use. And uh, sometimes we do that as a church as a whole. You can always do that. Again, if you want to take that and use it during worship, Wednesday nights, we do that a lot of times. But one of the things that I do often is, is I try to, as much as I can, stop by and get one of the elements and just get in the altar and get with God. And just literally, as he said, to do that in remembrance of him. And this week, stop by and grab the elements. And I was getting ready. I was headed towards this altar. And as I was walking there, a thought came to my mind. I don't remember exactly. Or my phone vibrated wrong. There's a lot going on this week. And and I, I felt like it was one of those things that I should take and one of those calls that should go. And so I went ahead and, and took that and, and I began to go about the day. And, and it, was, it was at the end of the day. I was getting ready to leave. And I stuck the communion elements in my pocket. I don't know, I think just a hoodie or sweatshirt or vest or something had a pocket on it. And at the end of the day, I did this. I just kind of reached in my, my pocket and I went, what is that? And I pulled that out. Huh. I had real good intentions. Spending time with God in the altar. I had some very good intentions of doing this in remembrance of him. You know, some wasn't bad things that turned my head. It was his ministry of the stuff that was done for him. But you know something? Listen, this is something we had to get from this. Listen, we must be intentional about our salvation. We must be understanding that this is not something we can just have good intentions for. There, there are people who hear the message in this church, and they hear it, and they say, man, uh, one day I'm going to make a decision. Uh, one day I'm going to make the choice to put my hope and my trust in this salvation, this Jesus that's being preached. I'm going to do that one day. Listen, please understand. Your intentions cannot save you. It is only Jesus. And it is only you doing this, literally stepping into this place of communion with him and trusting in this. And it is the gospel. And he's done this for us. He's given us this salvation. Second thing that I think God wanted us to get from this today, again, salvation, what it is. I hope you have a better understanding, again, of what this looks like. But in the sense in which he made this, each portion of the armor is, 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 is a, it's perfect how he lays it out. But where he puts this salvation, he has shown us that this salvation in the form of, in the shape of, that it is a helmet. All right? It's a helmet. This goes upon our head. And so the helmet literally was this. It was made with either this thick leather substance or sometimes it was made with metals or brass. And it was placed there. And it was placed there. I don't want to get too graphic, but I hope you got to see this, that literally it was there to defend and protect our head. This is the most vital 
part of us. And uh, the, the, literally the enemy was out to do this, to, said, to bash in and crush the skull of the enemy. I, sometimes my studies take me certain places and as I dig into God's word and this study took me to the place to where I began to look at that what they would do is this, they would literally take off the head of the enemy anytime they could. If we know the story of David and Goliath, we know that this is what happened. David did this. He took, and after he slayed the giant and had him down, took the head off. Now, <clears throat> again, not pretty, but it's true, that, that this is the determining factor of whether or not the enemy was dead. You could take a blow from a sword. You could take a blow from a dart. You could take some of these things that that would show and signify that you were uh, wounded or you were hurt or you were there. But this one here was different. They would take the head off of the enemy because it guaranteed their demise. Graphic but true. You can read stories in Scripture to where they would even ask for the head. Yeah. I need you to send me the head. Um, Do you understand this is why the enemy is after this area of your life? It's why he's coming so hard at you. And this is where he does this. This is for us something we got to get. This is how he strikes. He hits you in the mind. Now, again, there's not today in most situations for us here in America. We're seeing this tragedy happening and unfolding physically in other places where they're physically losing their head for their faith. But this is happening right now on the battlefield here. The enemy is after your mind. You know, there's more people struggling as Christians, dear Christians, who are struggling in their mind than they are in their bank accounts. There's more, there's more Christians struggling right now in their minds than they are in their physical bodies. And but because the enemy is after the mind, he's out to stress you out. He's out to he's out to cause you to worry. He's out to cause you to get busy. He's out to take your mind somewhere else. And he's out to cause you to quit. He's doing everything that he can do to come against and drive, drive, drive this message into your head. Not to spend time, not to focus in on not to protect this area of salvation that Jesus has given you. And God gives us scripture. He gives us word. And we see again another letter, another message to the church in Romans 12 where we see this. He says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Do you understand what's going on right here? You understand that right now, he's trying to pull your mind somewhere else. It's, it's just, again, we don't, we don't get real enough in church, and we don't get honest enough. And, and I mean, it, you know, and, every, and sometimes I feel like we got to come in, and pastors sometimes think they have to perform this certain thing and come in and, and lay it all out, get everybody real excited. Everything has to go this certain way. But you know what happens? Even as I'm up here preaching the word, God's word, holy scriptures, 
Anybody trying to come against my mind? You know what he's told me during this message? You're wasting your time. What? Pastor getting real. He's told me that. During this. What? What? Pastor, you're not spiritual enough then. You allowed that one to get in there. and Maybe you need to pray more and do a little more of that communion that you were referring to. Oh, this is this how he, what he does. He's, 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 he's hard at work. He told me I'm, I'm, just, I'm wasting my time today. He's, he's told me that I'm not listening to you. Anyway, they're thinking about lunch. Let's be honest, you know something? I thought about lunch since I've been up here. <laughs> so let's just make it real. So it's okay. But, but you know what you have to do? Bring that thought captive. Casting down everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We just read that he's coming against us in high places Highest thing on us is our mind. And you know that right now, he's coming at you hard. He's coming at you in every way that he can. And you must see this, that God has made salvation available for you. I want the worship team to come. And as I come, I want to close with this, this quote by Albert Barnes. And I, I please grab this. Understand today that a Christian could not contend. Albert Barr said this, A Christian could not contend with his foes without the hope of final salvation. But sustained by this, what has he to dread? <laughs> I, I've said, man, I dread this. I'm now looking forward to that. Mm, that's going to be rough. Listen, you know what he's made for you available? Salvation. Being saved. Future salvation through any situation. I just want you, if you would, just reverently quietly as you can, just stand with us, please. And I want you just to bow your heads, close your eyes. And The world's trying to pull you in. The enemy's trying to pull you different ways. I know he's even, again, we've already got real. He's messing with your mind right now. Do this, please. Bring every thought captive right now. Anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bring that thought captive. The Bible says to cast it down. And right now, think for one moment. what God has given you in this helmet of salvation. The thing to protect every area that we've talked about. This is not, again, just this get out of hell free card. This is something that you are experiencing today called salvation. This is something that you experience tomorrow called salvation. This is something that you experience forever called salvation. And this thing encompasses every area. It's this, again, from the original meaning that this, was, this word was written from, it means this, again, our forgiveness, 
our healing, our prosperity, our deliverance, our safety, rescue, liberation, our restoration. So I, just for, for this moment, we're going to close our service out praying for any of those needs today. Pray for any of those things that you may have in your life. We've already heard today two wonderful testimonies of how God's come in and just moved in situations. Both of those were connected to our faith being released through prayer. That's how that took place. So today we'd love to pray for you. We have people in this church that want to pray for you. We're a family that will raise a shield around you and pray for you. So again, if there's something today, again, hear this. You need forgiveness. Today, listen. He's a God of grace and love and mercy. You know what I did when I found that communion element in my pocket? I did this. I said, God, forgive me. I said, God, forgive me. Did I think I wasn't saved anymore and I had to get, no. I repented of that. I, I asked God to forgive me of that. If there's anything today that's happened in your life and the enemy's trying to use against you, listen, there's forgiveness for that. There's salvation for that. If you've never surrendered your life to Christ, today, let salvation come in and rescue you. Healing. It's soterion. Our, our salvation, that's the word encompasses. It's in this word here. A prosperity. You may have a physical need, a blessing, or somewhere, something going on. Deliverance. How many times have we seen God set people free here, deliver them? Liberation. Restoration, man. If those, if there's a need in your life and that encompasses everyone, I don't know what else I could think of or say there that's not hinged and found within this word of salvation that God's given us. Listen, you know what that, this, this message means? Jesus is the answer. That's it. To every, every problem. 